Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Let's Talk Learn Tech podcast with me your host Pranjali Lehri. As the global work from home experiment enters its next leg, successfully overcoming the teething troubles of the digital push brought about by COVID-19, both the employers and the employees have now adapted to the new normal. For some organizations, it's permanent work from home, while for some others, it's a hybrid approach of working to a fixed percent of their office capacity with the remaining staff working remotely. One way or the other, the workplace is undergoing a massive shift, and so is employee capability development and skilling as we know it. Helping me unravel the nuances of digital learning for the hybrid workplace are my guests for this podcast. Amit Gautam, our CEO, Rajesh Shintre, AVP Client Relationships, and Raviraj Kare, Technical Lead. To set the framework for this conversation, let's start by understanding the status of the modern workplace, or should I call it workplace-less in the new normal. Amit, what are your observations? Let's start with that. So, of course, everybody knows uh, there is a big change in how we are now working post, uh, you know, the COVID thing, and it is still not uh, like a big post. It is still going on. While uh, we may be free of COVID uh, in a few months or, you know, let's say in some time, I think the the impact it has left on uh, the way we work is is going to be permanent to a large extent. And uh, of course, in the beginning, when we moved to work from home, in terms of how we work. it looked like a temporary situation and we were adjusting to that and i think when you know something is temporary you also have this in the back of the mind okay things will go back to the normal we were used to pretty soon so the temporary situation doesn't really look very bad or daunting or challenging in that context but as the truth settles in and as you realize that yes this is now going to be more permanent than you thought it would be that is when i think the real impact or the effect of that situation comes about so for us uh, and of course for a lot of other companies smaller bigger two people company or 2000 people company or bigger than that i think this has now become a reality where almost everybody is working from home and it is just not like what it is uh, it's, it's not now it's no more a kind of a compulsion to work from home it is also becoming a preference of companies to let people work from home because there is a new realization that in some ways it is actually giving back the balance we were all looking for when we were working from office and we were shuttling between office and and home so from a workplace perspective yes it does pose its own challenges it does bring its own benefits on the benefit side i think it gives everybody more time and not just time and not just to be able to finish more work i think it gives them time at their own discretion so can it's like a true flexi timing situation which can be leveraged and uh, as a lot of psychologists uh, kind of argue that uh, we have our own windows of uh, when we are productive and most productive i think work from home and this economy is helping us leverage that window of our own productivity very very well so from uh, the other benefit is of course that it actually makes people uh, work faster and better because uh, you know you have more time and also with that you also are very clear in how you're doing it without a lot of distractions which typically happen in a workplace of course the challenges are also there and the biggest challenge is there is a lack of social connect which is a, a big part of how people work and uh, in the future and while there was a gig economy in the working in the last 2 3 years but uh, this new disconnected and distributed workforce will also lead 
to a, a point in time where we will have uh, the gig economy will have a bigger presence in the, how the companies work. So more and more people, because now there is no real physical connection to a workplace or to an office, more and more people might realize that there's a good benefit in being able to become a freelancer or a temp worker and just work on their own uh, pace and work on their own timelines and, and terms and conditions. So this will definitely boost the gig economy and uh, it'll also kind of bring in a more uh, kind of a demand and also from both from both the offices and from employees to work from home to a large extent. Agreed. I think uh, COVID has finally shown us that uh, or rather work is not something you or a place you go to, but something that you do. And I agree completely with everything that you've said with the rise of the gig economy and how not just our worldview of the workplace that is going to have a paradigm shift, but also our own acceptance and adoption of digital tools and technologies, that's going to have a major, major shift in itself. Speaking of which, uh, Rajesh, how do you think the hybrid workplace has led to an overall change in the employee learning and development landscape? In fact, the first thing is like, you know, the overall change was sudden. So the way the learning and development, which used to happen before the lockdown, uh, the COVID situation, most of the time it used to be the employees were engaged to complete the training. Most of the time it was on process training and stuff like that. However, as days passed and, uh, you know, you could see in the change uh, specifically to completion because, you know, there most of these LNDs which were focusing was more or less focusing on process than a stepwise approach was given. You came across a lot of issues, you know, like because these guys were all trying to access the e-learning from the home. So there was not, they were not able to come focus and there were electricity issues, internet speed issues sometimes were coming up. That led to a lot of change and like earlier, which was more of a learning, we went to something, sort, some sort of a hybrid learning. So first thing that, you know, as for a successful remote working training to be completed, employees need to be more responsible actually, because he's not just completing a process which is given to him. He has to complete a training. Second, he needs to be more accountable actually, accountable in terms of completing the particular e-learning. In past year, they were given a particular mandate, like specific timelines were given to them, like 50 hours of learning or something like that. That got changed. So here they have to understand like whether it is the e-learning which is going to help them or is it something which is of a skill based? Is it going to be a skill? And that's where most of this L&D changes that have happened. It has happened in the background where the focus went into competency. Like if, say, for example, an employee is very good, this is, is competent in a few areas, then his e-learning got changed for that particular skill. So th this was one of the changes that came in. Secondly, the major thing that I could see is they need to have a relevance of doing that course. Because see, as an employee, when I'm doing e-learning at my home, so uh, sometimes they are from a specific set of e-learning. There would be few e-learnings which may not be relevant for me to complete my task in hand. So that's where the relevance of particular course also came in. Again, like here, the LND team also plays a very important role because they have to set some sort of a, you could say, a course journey. Like a journey has to be set up. And again, as I said, like it has to be focusing more onto the competency side. More or less, if you see the change that has happened is employees were, you know, asked to focus on something uh, which is more, which would elaborate their skills. 
something which would help them to you know not only just do a course but going to some sort of additional courses which will help improve their skills some a simple example would be english communication the lms that we have been seeing so we could see that there are instead of the the traditional e learning like you have the induction program and everything instead of that we could see english communication test as being introduced and the people going through that why because maybe this people who are not interacting with other people uh, when they were in office now with this hybrid kind of workplace the way to communicate has taken a huge mandate over them and a few things uh, has changed from the lnd team because they are the people who are kind of the people who are going to drive this for the employees and improving their skills so for them they may they made it a mandate of introducing some conferencing technologies like video because you know through video like your e learning now had not only kind of a skill skill based learning element in, introduced inside it but you had something like you know collaboration also so once you are done through the course you need to you know express it so that's where you are just recording it or maybe through virtual classroom you are expressing your views onto a particular course and stuff like that this kind of change has been on two folds one is like improvising of skills and second is to use modern technologies like videos which i think like while you have a lot of social medias through which you can express it but here you are talking purely on to the skills that you are gaining true i think the sudden digital transformation it led to some teething troubles in terms of learner adoption as we spoke about the infra changes or purely just with respect to understanding a technology and adopting it into your day to day life and then there was a whole competency recalibration where the lnd had to rethink and remap all the competencies with regards to where they wanted their employees to now hone their skills in also what i think happened is this quarantine or lockdown which made us largely home bound there was still a very significant uptake in mobile devices for working and doing and learning and skilling so raviraj tell us about the mobility element of hybrid learning how do you see that to have evolved and where do you see that going in the future i think even before the uh, pandemic situation I think uh, the mobility was anyways slowly but uh, sh- surely uh, gradually was helping uh, the digital work learning and hybrid workplace as such but post pandemic it has given a big boost and gravity to this uh, thing so i think mobility as uh, with learning tools have are playing a very uh, greater role uh, now post pandemic situation and uh, here with mobility i just want to highlight the one important aspect is the flexibility with which uh, maybe employees or uh, the learners have the complete flexibility and freedom to access their content also the digital delivery across global work all segments is also increasing and uh, so i think the mobility is playing a very uh, greater role it was playing to a good extent but the pandemic situation has just increased to a large extent and it has also increased many possibilities in this particular thing and just here i would just want to highlight also one thing like along with mobility i think the of uh, many uh, learning tools apps are uh, playing a very significant role here uh, where uh, not only online learning but uh, many users or learners uh, who have access to learning tools with uh, offline content features uh, and maybe collaboration tools also in that uh, so uh, that is also helping in uh, accessing the content reskilling uh, and uh, maybe uh, advancing the employees or the learners in that aspect the collaboration uh, tools are also in addition to this are helping these learners in these difficult times so i think yeah 
so mobility is playing a very significant role and in mobility also i think we have to specifically think of those tools like let's say uh, the learning collaboration technology where through which we can have a virtual delivery like virtual classrooms maybe webcast there are some other things like video and audio conferencing also along with that video coaching is also one of the things through which wherein the virtual classrooms are playing in and also the file sharing and uh, content co- creation tools like whiteboards to the mobile platforms so yeah i think uh, mobility is playing a, a significant role here with what uh, amit and uh, rajesh said the biggest takeaway for me raviraj has been uh, flexibility being the operative word at right at the start of the conversation itself amit mentioned that how a uh, flexi work flexibility in itself is being, being the biggest boon of uh, if we at all have to see uh, the silver lining on the dark cloud that covid has put upon us that we are actually able to use this flexibility in every sphere of our lives So there is a definite increase in tech adoption in the hybrid workplace gig economy and remote working is on the rise too but all of these mean little if the workforce itself is not equipped with the skills that are needed to thrive and succeed in the new normal very recently josh person um, also spoke eloquently about the big reset and by big reset he was really hinting at how hr and lnd in particular they have to revisit their corporate agenda from a people perspective So Amit how are you foreseeing employee upskilling to play into the shaping up or if you can say the recalibration or recalcification of the hybrid workplace in itself So I actually uh, remember uh, mentioning uh, this in one of my sessions about a year back is that uh, there is and this is much before even a pandemic situation is where yeah, the world was already moving to in terms of learning moving to a, a point where the learning is driven by the learners and it is not just kind of access to training material but it is actually something which is defined by the users or the learners themselves and it is no longer like a a set of training activities to be done every month or every hour or every quarter or year it is going to become it was and then when i mentioned that it was going to become very uh, almost like hyper personalized where every learner exactly defines and and lists what he or she needs to be able to perform the work they are expected of and this actually has now become a true given the pandemic situation where offices and companies can not really you know while they can define training plans for the employees still but i think it is not very beneficial for the companies to now start looking at an option where they manage training for everybody and with the situation also what has changed is the demand on everybody to perform it was while the kras and the skill set may remain same you know, the added factors of remotely working and how to manage your own time how to work with teams while not meeting them doing a lot of virtual discussions using more tools than they were used to there's a lot of uh, expectation from each person in the company to be able to upskill and learn new things unlearn a new few processes they were used to so in my uh, thinking the the biggest shift is in the way where the learning is now becoming an expectation of learners to do on their own it is no longer a learning plan given by a training function so the training functions the hr departments are going to become very very strong enablers so their role will change from you know curator to enable learners find what they need how to manage that process how to learn new things also help them in unlearning certain old ways of doing things and focus on the new ways of uh, interactions with the team 
So that is, I think, a big change is going to happen. The second is that there is a lot of micro content that will be required. They'll, the appetite for large programs, long programs, while it, may, it will be there for very, very specific scenarios, but the quickness and the immediacy of uh, what I need as a learner will increase. Because of the changing uh, scenario, I will no longer have the luxury of time to plan and learn things because things are changing on a daily basis. So from in my perspective, one is the hyper-personalized learning, which is driven solely, or if not solely, at least mostly by the learners. And the quickness and the immediacy of the content, the training, the interactions I can have access to. And this will also play a big role in how the HR and the learning functions change over the period of time. And I'm sure they're already adapting fast. They've changed a lot as I interact with a lot of our customers and new customers. But this is not going to stop now. This is going to... So we are going to see a world of learning which is hyper-personalized, driven mostly by the learners and is going to become quick and short. Absolutely. The narrative already was out there on the shrinking shelf life of skills. If anything at all, COVID has just acted as a catalyst and the uh, shelf life of skills has literally been shrunk or even halved, if we can say so, uh, because we are all looking at immediate solutions. You mentioned the uh, GIT or just-in-time learning. I think we'll find more areas where we have to apply or at least create areas where employees can use learning in the flow of work without really stepping out or thinking at least notionally stepping out of their routines and consuming training as separate entity. Another point I think Amit to add on to what you said is because now employees will work in a hybrid fashion, a part of the employee pool will probably work from their home space and others will probably work from the office space having the entire culture agenda rewritten so that while they are physically separate, still they are working towards a common vision or a common mission needs to be communicated through different learning and development strategies too. Also, Raviraj, now coming to you, I think the changes that are already afoot and in every organization, there are varying degrees. One organization, it might be more severe than the other, but uh, successful digital learning in the hybrid workplace is easier said than done. I think we all know this. Yeah. For starters, there are a host of differences in itself between how traditional learning uh, used to happen and its digital avatar. Yeah. Right. So what, in your opinion, are some stark differences that L&D needs to be mindful of as they transition from one to the other? So to better understand, uh, we can categorize or I can uh, share the difference uh, between traditional learning and hybrid learning. So before we discuss, I think we can discuss this component wise. So it, it is more clear how the approach has changed from traditional learning to a more of hybrid learning, so to say. So let's say basically uh, there are quite a few components which are involved to understand this difference and uh, better grasp this uh, thing. Let's say the instructor role. Previously, in traditional learning, it was more of an authoritative thing. When the instructor role came into picture, there were quizzes, tests conducted by the instructor. Now, the in hybrid learning, the instructor just plays as a facilitator, where the instructor guides the students in learning and uh, provides frequent feedbacks over assessment and maybe conducts assessment. So here, this shift has been much smoother and much more effective, I can say, in hybrid learning as compared to traditional learning. If we go to the student role, in traditional learning, uh, it was like more of uh, attending a class physically, uh, do the assessments, take their quizzes or tests, and it, they have to cover the material instructor-wise, the material which was 
provided by the instructor. But here in hybrid learning, I think the student role has also changed drastically uh, with more fun there in learning where the individuals ca uh, can have more of a collaborative work among them. And also it increased more responsibility or sensibility towards their learning approach. Another component to uh, consider here is the actual learning environment. So in the traditional form, it was like class uh, room lectures and some materials which were posted uh, online that was also at times possible in traditional. But in hybrid learning, it has changed where uh, class time has shortened and uh, it has become more of interactive learning where activities are involved and the learners can get a better grasp of what they are learning as compared to the traditional approach. Basically, while we are discussing this, the approach basically in traditional learning, it was more of a teacher-centric, which was also a bit of a passive and individual-wise. But in hybrid learning, so as to say, it is more of a learner-centric than teacher-centric. And it is much more active and collaborative also. So it gives much satisfaction, so to say, and fun. Plus, uh, the grasping is also at a higher level as compared to traditional learning across percentage of learners who are learning any particular thing. So that is also one of the major thing to note here. Apart from that, I think class time, it was uh, primarily involved for lecturing purpose only. But here, the, it is uh, in hybrid learning, so as to say, it is more of a less time for lecturing. But the time is utilized also for uh, other learning activities, such as maybe uh, collaborating between groups and solving a common set of problems or maybe a group work or maybe uh, have some presentations or case studies. And uh, last thing I just wanted to highlight to better understand this difference between uh, traditional and hybrid learning is there were more of uh, assessments or quizzes and just uh, actual physical material which was accessible in the traditional form. But here uh, there are more discussions, videos and uh, other reference materials plus collaborative work, even assignments can be done collaboratively between uh, across teams. So uh, hybrid learning is very much, I can say, uh, interactive. And uh, also it gives a, a better sense of uh, learning and uh, grasping capabilities as compared to the traditional form. Understood. And it's very important to understand the difference because the idea is not to put one down and to say the other is better than it. But just for people to understand that when they decide to transition or transform their uh, learning and development interventions, it's important to be mindful of all of these so that whatever solution and interventions are planned are aligned to those. And as the saying goes, the antidote to despair is action. The antidote to any difference or challenges are strategies and best practices. So Rajesh, what tried and tested approaches would you suggest to training professionals as they embrace hybrid learning for their hybrid workforce? Uh, first and foremost is like, you know, ensure that even during this period, uh, the workforce which is, you know, carrying out work from home, for them to be able to do all the work properly, we need to, the L&D team actually, to be specific, they need to come up with uh, features or you can say steps which would help them build a learning culture. Because see, pre the COVID situation, there was a mandate, like you were given a set of hours to complete it, you finish it. But now there are a lot of changes. So that is where the LND team has to focus on something like building the learning culture. Now this gives rise to something like lesson design. The previous lesson designs which were there into the LMS, like you have uh, the usage of LMS, like you have some, some courses available to you and you have to complete it. And so now because of these changes, you have to plan it properly. Like based on competencies, you are going to work onto the skills 
and based on skills you need to choice for the end user to decide on to some sort of a behavioral soft skill trainings or technical trainings so that is one area where the lnd team needs to play uh, you know it, it it has to play a very important role there thirdly the providing human touch to work now see now what is happening is uh, more or less you are just carrying out your but now if at any given point of time you want to end up, get a return on investment on your lms you need to have some sort of an interactivity which would come up and that's where simulations i feel would be very a huge step going forward and because the contents needs to have some sort of a simulations which would not only engage the employees because if he is just doing a simple form course uh, he is going through all the pages finishing the course it is not going to work now because at the end of the day he will just complete it but he is not going to help you with his skills so that's where the simulation is going to help you and uh, to increase the participation you need to work in a four step like is you need to engage employees allow them to explore it and help them to explain it because you know if you allow particular content to be driven through the employees itself i'm sure they will generate a lot of interest into it and they could start using it apart from that the ratio of you having a return on investment for the lms is definitely going to be very high last i would say is like because like as customers you know most of the time like we work with our customers here what needs to change is the lnd person has to understand his employees as his customers he needs to increase the learning to him and once you increase the learning for him it is not only the just increasing the learning but you need to provide him with a platform that will help him to grow yeah so apart from just going by the traditional lms where you have the courses there are some design strategies that for me is going to play a huge role when we want to make the lms as a success agreed i like to term this as the technology paradox it's when you have technology enabling you to do everything but it's the rise of the humanness or the connectedness within the technology that really makes things happen so my summarization guys of this conversation is that hybridization is here to stay it's only a matter of time before it permeates to all industries and all companies in some form type or shape for employee capability development in particular it's now about leveraging digital learning while keeping it aligned to the redefined company culture and redefined corporate strategy digital learning per se needs to be a complete ecosystem right from the technology and the tools to the right content that is sitting on the technology everything needs to be well thought about and planned from the perspective of the hybrid workplace itself all right thank you so much everyone but uh, before i love you to go let our hair down for a bit and have some fun with the rapid fire are you guys ready yes sure. for this rapid fire guys i am feeling a bit super womany so the questions are going to be based off superheroes and heroines so here we go amit i'll start with you you need to cater to your dispersed remote working team what are your superhuman capabilities and what strategy would you use to ensure that they are working at their optimum in today's world uh, empathy and a clear understanding of the business goal the company has and ability to work with everybody to understand their personal learning goals which can then be aligned with the business goals all right rajesh uh, you need to keep your hybrid workforce working together toward a common goal in spite of them being physically disparate what are your superhuman capabilities and what is your strategy 
one of the most important thing that i feel is a human touch actually because uh, uh, the more i'm able to you know it is like something like you know instead of they learning it you learn with them raviraj the last one the only device that your distributed team has is a mobile phone what are your superhuman capabilities and what is your strategy of choice to ensure that they're connected and learning continuously more than superhuman i will say most simple human strategies will be calmness and delegating the requirements clearly so that will take care of everything all right that's all from our side we would love to connect with you on linkedin thank you for listening you all see you next month